What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for Arrowhead Pride with Maurice Elston and Nate Christensen. I am Nick Schwartz, getting ready for the Chiefs divisional round matchup versus the Buffalo Bills. I'll tell you what, guys, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have predicted we would still be doing pregame shows for the Chiefs. So in a weird way, a team that has won two of the last five Super Bowls and the five consecutive AFC championship games. This I know this probably sounds blasphemous if any other fan base is listening to me say this, but it kind of feels like we're playing with house money at this point because there were several points during the season where it didn't exactly look like this team was headed for any sort of postseason run. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. It was it was a point in the season where I was like, definitely, I think it was when the Chiefs got in, when Denver got into within one game of the Chiefs, and I was like, oh my God, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna drop a couple of more games, and we've got a potential that they may not make the playoffs, or I was really feeling like they'll make it and be one and done. Like that's kind of the feel that it was. So and it, it was weird to even feel that way because it was just at the beginning of the year. I was like, oh, this team is definitely AFC championship or Super Bowl, right? So to be to be here another week, I'll take it. What about you, Nate? I I I'm not call I'm not saying you were the biggest pessimist, but I think you were the first to sort of sound the alarms on this team. So I'm curious how you feel about the Chiefs now getting ready for a divisional game. Um I got to lie, last week's game didn't really surprise me. Like, I, I think I picked it to be 24-13, so it was a little bit wide of a margin. But, like, I don't really think last week's game against the Dolphins is, like, indicative of what they're going to look like moving forward just because it was not the best version of Miami between their injuries, between the cold weather, which was absolutely, you know, it was a fact for both teams, certainly. Both teams are playing it, and injuries are part of the game. Um, But... I still like this week is like honestly going to be the test on like whether I was like wrong about this team or not, because like I don't think the last two weeks against Jake Browning and whatever was left of the Dolphins last week really changes a lot of my concerns about this team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But certainly it's a good win. A playoff win is always a good win regardless. I, I will say this to what you just said about like being wrong about this team. If the Chiefs do win this weekend against Buffalo and maybe even win next week, if they have to go to Baltimore or play Houston, I don't necessarily think that means that anybody was wrong about this team. Anybody who was pointing out all of the very obvious flaws all season, because that will happen, by the way. You'll start to see it on social media. I'm sure some of the players will even say it. Nobody believed in us. Everybody doubted us. It's like, well, with good reason. You know, we weren't making stuff up. At home. Yeah, you lost to Aiden O'Connell. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got a little concerned in that moment in time. Before we get to the keys, guys, I want to talk about a few other factors that are somewhat unique to this game. The first one being that we kind of I kind of mentioned there in my preamble is that this is the first road game 
first playoff road game for Patrick Mahomes in his career. Now, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people reference this, and not just this week, because I think you could kind of see this coming with about a month ago in the regular season, knowing that the Chiefs were probably going to have to go on the road at some point. It's an interesting storyline. Yeah, it's it's an interesting like nugget. It's a game note. But I, I want to make sure nobody's actually implying that like you doubt Patrick Mahomes' ability to go and win on the road in the playoffs, right? Like how much are we actually taking that into account when sort of analyzing and breaking down this matchup? Personally, I don't. I like I don't really care where like Mahomes' stats on the road have always been great. He's won multiple Super Bowls on the road and neutral side, it doesn't matter. It's a road game still. Um, I'm not worried about it. I mean, like from his perspective, like I, I think actually the more concerning part would be actually the rest of the team than Mahomes, because Mahomes is gonna show up, he's gonna play well. Like I have no doubt in that. But maybe that's something the rest of the team uh doesn't have the experience of um, especially you know, a team of younger players. Um, still, even though a lot of it is carryover from last year and played on the road. So I think the rest of the team, it's a bigger deal for Mahomes. Like, no, I, I don't care. Like, I know he can win a road game, even if he doesn't win this weekend. Yeah. What do you I think, Grace? Got, I got the same type of feeling, really. Um, I'm not worried. I mean, Mahomes is, has, has been historically just as good on the road as he's been at home. Like, the stat differential in, in the win percentage is not a drastic enough difference to make a big deal out of it. People are making a big deal out of it, but, you know, it really comes down to the fact that he hasn't played a, a role playoff game speaks to how good he has been on the road and at home during the regular season to 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 even get to the point where he hasn't played a role playoff game whatsoever. So I think it's a, it, it, it's not going to be a factor. And even I, I think the Chiefs overall as a team, they went five and two on the road this, this year. Play significantly good on, on on the definitely on the defensive side, whether it was at home or on the road. So I don't think this the the fact of being away from Earlhead is going to make that big of an impact on this game at all. Yeah, I would actually argue that across the course of his career, you could make a case that he's been better on the road statistically, like not just as good. He's been better. The win percentage, I think, is marginally higher, but. Mm -hmm. a, Completion percentage, yards per game, quarterback rating, touchdown interception ratio, like boom, 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 boom. They've all been better. I don't know the exact reason for that. I do think there's an element of like battening down the hatches when you get on the road, us versus the world. Like we don't get to rely on the home field. The fans aren't going to pick us up if we're not playing well. I don't know the reason for it, but it's why I'm not exactly concerned. I think Patrick mm -hmm. Mahomes is our petty king, right? He loves some form as small as it may be of motivation to use to get him ready for games and having to go to Buffalo in front of Bill's mafia. I think that's a perfect opportunity for him. The other thing that's interesting about this game is the rest factor. We, we talk about having to play that first week and not getting that bye week that the chiefs have kind of become accustomed to, especially with very important players really needing that extra week of rest. So you don't get that, but because of the weather delay for the Bills game, originally scheduled for last Sunday, it gets moved to Monday. Chiefs played their game on Saturday. Two extra days of rest this time of year. That feels like that is going to be a factor. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it certainly does when you have an injury list, certainly of what the Bills have. And it does seem like the Bills are going to come into it a little bit healthier than it looked like, you know, Monday. It was a Monday afternoon, I guess, like in the middle of that game. It was like, oh, my God, is everyone on the Bills going to get hurt? <laughs> Because it was like all in like the third quarter, it was like like guy getting hurt, guy getting hurt. It seems like they're going to be a little bit better, but it doesn't hurt, right? I mean, it's extra 
uh, like 40 out, 48 hours of rest. Certainly doesn't hurt. I think it would be a bigger deal if Buffalo was traveling to Kansas City on top of that less rest and then being at home helps. But I mean, it's certainly any advantage matters when a game is as tight as this one. Yeah, same thing. I mean, two. I, I think the two days off is very much needed. At, at, at if you get two extra days anytime towards the end into into the playoffs in the NFL, you take that rest, especially um, for your veteran players and even some of your young players like a like a Rasheed Rice for the Chiefs who hasn't played. You know, the NFL with being a longer season than than what's had to be endured in college. Those extra days of rest and, and recuperation is, is needed. Um, Travis Kelsey, you know. The wear and tear that's been on his body this year. I think that last week off in the season, then these couple of extra days of rest to to nurse some of the injuries. Um, you see a lot of the Chiefs that's got just different nicks and, and, and nicked up a little bit. That's all on the injury report. So I think that the extra days help. I don't know if it makes or break anything, but whenever you can get an extra couple of days to rest your body, um, and not just an extra couple of days to rest your body, a couple of extra days of preparation for the coaches to get ready for the game um, comes into play here too. I think that may be more of um, where the extra day comes into handy more than just the rest, the, the given Andy Reed and, and, and Spagnolia, the, the, the chance to really be able to prep those extra two days where they can actually sit down and watch that bills game while it was happening and things of that nature. I think that helps as well. All right, let's get into the keys. But before we do that, guys, uh, you just mentioned it. Uh, the injury report uh, looks a little bit different for both of these teams than it probably did earlier in the week. What is the latest for the injury report for both these teams? The Chiefs have uh, <laughs> a gauntlet of people on it, um, but far as out, um, Derek Nadi is probably the the big one you see there, especially with the way Buffalo's been running the ball. Seeing him be out um, is a big name. Um, I guess you know, Wanya Morris, that concussion must have been a serious concussion because he he he's yeah. he full practice participant on Wednesday, got limited Thursday, then was did not practice Friday. So had to be some type of setback, you think, there that um put him out. Questionable Kadarius Tony and Justin Ross is coming to the game, questionable again for the Chiefs, but everybody outside of that looks like they'll play. It was a strong chance looking like at first that um Scott Moore would maybe come off, but he ended up not practicing on Friday after two limited, you know, practices. But he's still on injured reserve. As far as the Bills go, um, Gabe Davis is out. That's going to be, you know, that that that's a big one for the Bills, honestly. Um, um, Baylin Spector, the linebacker, he's out. Um, Christian Benford, the cornerback, is out. And Taylor Rapp, the the safety, is out. Those are all significant um, pieces, you know, to Buffalo in some form or fashion. And then you got uh, Ter- Terrell Bernard. Um, Tyron Johnson and Sam Martin, their punter, all who was limited all week and are questionable. So um, Terrell Bernard, their linebacker, did not practice all week, but they listed him as questionable. So the bill, while the Chiefs' injury report looks to be a little longer, the doubts of who may actually play lies a little bit thicker on the Buffalo side of things. The one name that kind of rings a bell is, is Gabe Davis. That name sounds familiar. Has he ever has he ever had a big game? Against Kansas yeah. City in the playoffs, like I feel he's like so I weird remember that because, like in general, I don't think Gabe Davis is very good, but he just destroys mm. the Chiefs every time. It's right. like some players, some of those like types of players always have that. Like Dan Torrance against the Broncos, that always get picks, and that's like Gabe Davis against the Chiefs. Like for whatever reason, like the Chiefs just have so much trouble stopping him because, like in general, he's pretty inconsistent. But for some reason, the Chiefs are something like he gets up for. I guess. 
You know, it's weird. The Chiefs have two Super Bowls in the last five years, and the game that I find myself going back or, or the highlights that I watch the most are of that game two years ago oh, against yeah, Buffalo, yeah. the infamous 13-second game. And some of those plays by Gabe Davis, like just right. busted coverage after busted coverage, and he's just yeah. wide open rolling into the end zone. I'm like, okay. Like, man, this guy <laughs> made NFL history against the yeah. Chiefs, but it's not like – because of some otherworldly performance is because the Chiefs couldn't cover him. They couldn't find no. him no. on defense. All right, let's get into uh, the keys for this game, guys. Nate, you want to start us off? Yeah, so this is one's actually going to be on both sides of the ball because a lot of the things about these Chiefs-Bills teams is there's a lot of shared DNA in terms of, you know, Sean McDermott was an Andy Reid assistant. The quarterbacks have similar play styles in their own ways. Um, the way these teams are built are actually pretty similarly. The defensive schemes are pretty similar. And that's what I'm sure I'm going to focus on is what team kind of handles the blitz better because both these teams are pretty heavy blitzing teams. Um, that's been the difference between the Bills events this year, especially after their injuries, is they've done a really good job of mixing in pressure packages and different designs to kind of make up for the fact that they don't have as much uh, top-end talent as they did last year and in prior years. So let's start with Josh Allen versus the Blitz. That is always the thing that my eyes always gravitate towards when we play the Bills because Steve Spagnuolo will blitz Josh Allen. I was looking at all the numbers this week. So in his last six games, starting with the most recent one, he had 17 attempts, 16 attempts, 9 attempts, 11 attempts, 19 attempts, and 15 attempts against the Blitz. So the Chiefs will throw a lot of Blitzes. They do it around like 40%, 50% of the time when they play him. And it's up and down. Like Josh Allen would get a lot of yards in his most recent performance. It was 11 of 17 for 119 yards and one touchdown. The year before, he was 7 of 16, so it was only 44% completion percentage, but it was 97 yards and two touchdowns. So when you're playing, when you're trying to blitz Josh Allen, like the things that make it work is that it does make him speed up his process. Josh Allen definitely plays very chaotic at times, um, especially when his kind of eyes and his feet kind of get everywhere. The problem, though, with blitzing Josh Allen is that he is prone to make the biggest play of the game at any moment. And if he makes a few of those plays, especially with this offense, that's that's problematic. You don't want Josh Allen having huge explosive plays. It's not a formula for the Chiefs to win. So for Spagnolo, kind of the question becomes, how much can I afford to blitz Josh Allen to try and disrupt his rhythm while not sacrificing you know, big plays, for example. And that's where the Gabe Davis thing does matter, but they can generate big plays in other ways. We saw the James Cook breakout last time. On the other side of the ball, the Chiefs did a really good job last week against the Blitz. We were about two McCole Hardman touchdowns away from, or you know, missed tracks from the Blitz numbers just looking outrageous. Um, I thought Kelsey and Rice did a good job finding kind of zone spots. Even MVS had a good like identification of a Blitz. But... The difference in talent between even the Bills with some of their injuries now and last week's Miami's defense is like remarkable. Miami did not have any other guys last week. Buffalo is way more talented. They're, I think they're a smarter blitzing team. So that's where my eyes are going to come down and is like, how much will Sean McDermott blitz Mahomes and what is the Chiefs' response? But it's especially on the Allen versus Spagnuolo thing because that's that's like one of my favorite things all the time is while watching Josh Allen versus Spagnuolo. And I think Spags has a very interesting question this week on how much he can blitz and in what situations he can do it uh, and, you know, if they're trying to limit as many points as scored as possible from the Bills, potentially. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm going to jump in here and go out of order this week because... My, I feel like my key is very similar to yours, or at least it's related to yours, Nate. Last week, I talked about the stars on offense needing to show up. And for the most part, they did. Travis Kelsey had a really nice bounce back game. I mean, talk about a playoff debut for Rasheed Rice. That was incredible to watch. But this week, I'm kind of with you, like, at least in terms of the Chiefs side of things, I'm really interested in seeing what Steve Spagnuolo dials up. Like, it feels like every single year, and especially every single postseason run that the Chiefs have had, there has been one of those games where we leave it and we say, oh, Steve Spagnuolo's had this like up his sleeve for a couple of weeks. He has had this game plan ready to go. And I do think like I'm looking at the stars again this week, but it's defensively. We saw what Legereus Sneed did to Tyree Kill last week. Like that was, a, oh, you're not going to name me to the all pro team? Watch this, right? That was that sort of game for him against the NFL's best weapon. I don't really know what's going on with Stefan Diggs ever since Ken Dorsey was let go. Like this has been a, a really weird uh, role for him yet. The offense technically like the team has been winning more, but has the passing attack really looked like it's just, it's been a weird season for Buffalo's offense. So like I'm coming into this yeah. game knowing I have to fear Josh Allen, but I don't really know how scared I am of this offense in general, because much like the chiefs have been searching for identity all season long, I feel like that's kind of what the bills are going through and they've been carried by heroic play from their quarterback. But you look at last week's game for Allen, it was against the Steelers without JJ Watt, three touchdowns completed 70% of his passes. The big step for me though, is zero interceptions. Like if for people who watch the red zone, all season long and you're not watching every single game, you would see the final two minutes of a Bills game and then you would see Josh Allen throw a pick and you'd say, oh, this guy can't stop throwing interception. Josh Allen's actually had a pretty good year. He's had some really yeah. untimely mistakes. Mm -hmm. Last week, guys, it was the fourth game of the season where Josh Allen didn't have a pick. Fourth. And it was the second time since October 1st, which is what, I think week five. He's had a mm -hmm. turnover issue his entire career. 
this season, it seems to have really amped up once again. And with Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, and Chris Jones applying pressure from the interior, this seems like one of those games where either the Stars have to play like Stars, much like I said last week about the offense, or Steve Spagnuolo needs to dive deep into his bag and pull out one in the one of those one in a hundred game plans that Josh Allen and the Bills simply can't be prepared for. I am all over the Chiefs' defense showing up, and like the storyline all season. Elite defense, best defense of Mahomes' career. This is the defining moment for the Chiefs' defense to say, yes, it hasn't been a fluke. Everybody talked about the Niners. Everybody talked about the Browns. We are one of the league's elite defenses. You know, I just mentioned about the Dolphins missing all their guys. So are the Steelers. Like, let's be very real. Mm-hmm. The Steelers yeah. are playing miles back at one linebacker spot and someone wearing 93. I have no idea, but their middle of field defense was bad. They were missing corners. They were missing TJ Watt. Like, so all that offense, like the Bills offense, I thought did look a little bit sharper last week until it got a little tight in the third. Then they pulled that. But like, mm-hmm. there is a ta- much difference in talent and even scheme from Spag. So like, that's like the one thing I would definitely say is that like the talent difference is substantial this week for the Bills too, who have certainly had their struggles on offense recently. I think it was more about the Steelers just not having like their guys. And I really think, like you said, uh, Nick, like, this is going to be a stars game. Like, and and I think um, here's where I think George Karloff is st- stamps his stardom um, in this game. I, I really feel like he's going to get a lot of one-on-one um, matchups that, that he can win that I, that I really feel like he can win. You know, Chris Jones is going to get the attention. I just feel like here, like another between the Karloff or our Hugh, one of those two, really shines and it kind of puts their, 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 their hat on. Like I'm a legitimate threat dominant force that you have to prepare for every week. I think one of those two kind of make a statement like that this week. Yeah. I'm in a Hugh, you know, talk about a guy who has just been an unsung hero for him to come in. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Miss the first month of the season. I mean, played 11 games and he finishes with seven sacks. How many times I'm like, going back the last couple of years where we like, can this guy just be a six sack guy? Who, whoever that, whoever it is. Can, can Mike Dana just give you a six? All right. Can, can you just be a six or seven? Cause Chris Jones was always looking for help. And now you have Carl Loftus having a breakout season, a man and Hugh coming in and immediately being a force. Uh, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to watch this chiefs mm-hmm. defensive front kind of shine this season. Maurice, your key for chiefs bills on Sunday night. Where are you going? So I'm going. I'm going to stick kind of on the defensive side of the ball too, but more more particular on. I think one of the keys is going to be definitely with Gabe Davis being out. How the Chiefs handle the twelve personnel that the Bills run out on the field, um, and that's in the pass and the run game. You know, um, Cook has been phenomenal over the last couple of towards the end of the season into the playoffs. Really been getting a lot of traction there in the run game. But with Knox healthy and Ken K, it has posed a problem for um, opposing defenses. And mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to see how the Chiefs choose to play the 12 personnel. Because do you leave three linebackers in and go at your base formation and, and put two line, linebackers in coverage with these two tight ends? I think if you do that, it, it favors Buffalo in a mismatch as, as in some form or fashion. Um, will they go with three safeties and bring um, Connor in and let Justin Reed and Connor go with the, with the tight ends? Like that's going to be, I think, an interesting chess match 
for 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 our, for the Chiefs defense in their play and their scheme. So how do they take? Because Buffalo's been heavy in that twelve and been finding a lot of success with it the last couple of weeks. So how the Chiefs come out and handle that twelve personnel and deal with um, with with Knox and deal with Ken K. I think because I feel like Lajarius Sneed and Trent McDuffie can kind of, in a sense, neutralize whatever Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. can do. I think they can limit that. Um, and and really, a Sneed plays like Sneed's been playing all season. We've seen what he did to kind of to to Diggs the first get the first game that they had this matchup. If he can match that, then the only thing you really have to focus on is that point is how do you deal with both these tight ends and slow down Cook. You don't have to have a dominant game against the run and hold him to 30, right. 40 yards. If he gets 70, 80, I think that's fine. Right, it's limiting those gashing runs that he's that he gets off at times, and limiting those tight ends. So, how the Chiefs' defense chooses to use um, play against the twelve personnel, I think, would be a key. Yeah, that's a really so interesting I'll, I'll one. Just, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, I so, think that's really the interesting thing about like the Bills, like kind of thing in general is like their whole kind of thing when they drafted Dalton Kincaid was like, well, we're gonna get defenses to play like base all the time, and then. We'll be able to strut them through the air. And defenses don't really do that because Kincaid and Knox aren't very good blockers. But the one weakness of this Chiefs defense is their run defense. Like all their metrics will tell you they're like a bottom 10-ish run defense. I don't really think it's like a huge problem because like they've only given up more than 20 points like once or twice. So clearly it's not like destroying their defense. They're not great against the run. But I actually do think Buffalo is going to come out and run the ball. And I think when the Chiefs get in the nickel, this is where maybe Derek Naughty being out matters a little bit because Mike Pinnell, I thought was really good last week, but Mike Pinnell's 35 years old. Like, is he going to be able to play a full game playing nose tackle? That's where the Chiefs, like Chris Jones, has to have a dominant game to run this week. Mike Pinnell has to be competent, but that's where like Jones has to be at his best because if he's not having his best day against a run, I think it gets actually pretty concerning for the Chiefs defense when the Bills decide to run the ball. You know what's so interesting about that? When you think about those two tight ends, I think Knox had the first touchdown of the game last week for the Bills. When you go back to the struggles early in the season when they weren't winning a ton of games, even though the offense was actually performing pretty well, when they made the switch at offensive coordinator, that kind of coincides with when Stephon Diggs' numbers started dropping off. And the only reason it didn't ever really become a talking point outside of like fantasy football is because that's when the bills started winning and they started getting guys like Kincaid more involved. They started getting the ancillary receivers, not necessarily Gabe Davis, but guys like Khalil Shakir started stepping up. Uh, Sherfield, I think had a, a big game last week. So that's a really interesting dynamic because on one, on one side of the coin, you could say, Hey, look at how the bills offense has changed. Be prepared for that. But then you kind of look at last week and Diggs sort of got going a little bit. And it is the postseason. It's the Chiefs. It's a team that you have a lot of history with against in, in the postseason. And there's part of me that says, you know, I know what the tape would suggest. Like, I know what this season tells you the Bills want to do on offense. But then it's there's part of me that says it's the playoffs, right? It's the Chiefs. It's the Bills. Do you kind of throw some of that out the window and just say, like Josh Allen's going to drop back and throw to Stephon Diggs 10, 11 times. Like this, that's just going to happen. Oh, I don't yeah. care how yeah. they've used him differently. Like all the bets are off for this game. Yeah. I definitely well, agree but, with and like yeah. I mentioned, the, the defensive talent is different for the Steelers, but um, they tried force feeding Diggs to start that game last week. Um, they were like putting him in the slot a lot more and just trying to back. Let's just get him the ball. I'm guessing that, that, you know, let's just be realistic. I'm sure the Bills didn't come out with their best game plan last week against the Steelers. 
uh, just because they didn't necessarily need it. But this week, now that they need their best game plan, it's going to involve Stephon Diggs. They're not going to be drawing up plays for Trent Sherfield or Deontay Hardy or Khalil Shakir in big spots. It's, it's going to be Diggs. So that's that's the thing. Like I am very interested to see how that looks because if you shut that down, I think that's certainly going to be helpful for them if they want to win. All right, guys, let's get into some game predictions. Chiefs on the road versus Buffalo, 5.30 kickoff. Maurice, why don't you start us off? How are you feeling? Oh, man, I am torn. I, 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 it's, it's Buffalo and Kansas City. Like, you just know this thing can go either way. But it's the playoffs. Um, the Chiefs have been in five straight AFC championship games. I think they're going to make it six. So I, I can't bring myself to bet against Patrick Mahomes in this in this city in this setting. And when I say in this city, that's the city he go. Like even in Buffalo, I cannot bet against Mahomes and and what he's going to do. I think is I think it's going to. Be, I don't think they're going to hold this Buffalo team to seven points like they did Miami last week. Like I don't I don't feel that is happening. But I, I will go out and say twenty eight to twenty four, Kansas City. Okay. I like it. I like it. Nate, how about you? Where are you going with this one? Man, this is really close to me. I've been thinking about this game all week. <laughs> but ultimately, what I come back to is my eyes all year have told me that the Bills are better than the Chiefs. I think based off the things I I think about, at least, and I'm not right, obviously. I've, I've been wrong on many predictions before. But I just think the Bills have been a little bit better this year. I think the fact that they're at home. I think the fact that they're going to have most of their defensive roster back. I just, I, tr- I know this sounds dumb, but like, if we're talking about pedigree and like stuff like that, obviously I trust the Chiefs more. But I'm just looking at this team. I just think the Bills are a little bit better, so I'm going to go 23-20. I certainly could see it flipping either way, but like, I just think the Bills this year have a little bit of a margin on the Chiefs, and I think with them being at home, I think they're going to be able to. I don't expect them to fold under pressure. They haven't folded under pressure before. They just, you know. They got 13 seconds. They they won, you know, they were gonna win that game. So it's close, but I just everything tells me when I think about this that it's gonna be the Bills. Okay, so I agree with what you just said there, Nate. I think even when the Bills were struggling earlier in the season, like the kind of the Chiefs were already going through their own stuff. And I do think the Bills have just been a better team. The Bills are a better team than the Chiefs are. However, however, you know, I really I don't think playing in Buffalo gives the Bills much of an advantage. I just don't. Like, I get it. Like, we can talk about the home field advantage. We can talk about the travel situation. I, under, I understand all of that. But it's more about it's, it's more about it not being a disadvantage for the Chiefs, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I get the Bills love to play at home. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to impact Kansas City's side of things. I also refuse under any circumstances to bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Like, I'm just not going to do it. I'm happy to, I'm happy to admit I was wrong after it happens, but Mm -hmm. I can't bring myself to predict it to happen. I just, I won't do it. And I think that the fact that the chiefs are on the road, the fact that the chiefs have been kind of counted out by a lot of people all season long, again, rightfully so like, what's that going to do to Patrick Mahomes? What's that going to do to his ego? right chip on the shoulder all he needs is an ounce of doubt to like find that extra gear and for it to be against this team in this situation i just can't do it i just can't do it and i and you know like if i'm wrong i'll admit it 
but I'm going to go Chiefs 24, Bills 23, another classic between what I think is the best rivalry in football. So, yeah. um, Nate, I don't think I we're better than, I think we were better than the 2018 Patriots. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like, the thing is, I can't argue with anything you said. So it happens all the time in the past. Yeah. I, yeah, that's like, just it doesn't it. matter like, ultimately what I've seen all mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like nothing you said is wrong. Everything you said is like factually correct, yeah. but there's just that one little piece of me. That's just like, I can't, it doesn't matter. It's one game, it. right? Like it doesn't matter right. anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, boys, I'm glad we got to do this one. It's going to feel like even more free money. Like we're just doubling down on black at the roulette. Like yeah. I hope we're back again next week. And we're going to feel like we're playing on borrowed time yet again for Nate Christensen, for Maurice Elston. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, review, wherever you hear your podcast. And fingers crossed, I hope we are back getting ready for an AFC Championship episode next week. We'll talk to you then. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. It's obviously an exciting time as the Chiefs enter this season, looking to become the first back-to-back Super Bowl champs in nearly 20 years. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas. Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. In the offseason, the party won't stop. We'll still be covering the biggest stories and all the offseason's twists and turns will show up in your inbox on a regular basis. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts.